Hey guys, gals, and I'm Binary Pals. This is Southpaws, episode 507, 2020 plus 2. I'm Saverin. I'm Puzzle. And we're here in yet another sequel to 2020. Holy shit. Yep. Time's a flat circle. We're making bread again. And cons and events are being like, well, we're going to go all digital if we can. Yeah. And, well, I mean, that's just how it is in this bitch of an earth. The same people that caused this nonsense to go so bad in the first place are still keeping it bad. And we're just living in the world that they're fucking up for the rest of us. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to be irritated about right now, uh, or worried, or just yeah. freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously close to home, uh, my parents are not in the best of health, and the current COVID surge has made it so that them getting actual health care for non-COVID-related things has been slowed and delayed, and, like, it's just fucking things up, like, uh, yesterday, no, Tuesday, my dad had to go to the hospital for some more tests, and, like, I made sure to take my parents, because, you know, I'm trying to spend as much time with them as I can, and they would only let one person in with my dad, so I oh. couldn't sit with my mom or whatever. I mean, like, I didn't really want to be at a hospital that long, but, you know, want to be there for moral support for your parent. And so she just had to sit there at the hospital by herself for like six hours. And I had to go float around Fort Worth for six hours. Um, yeah. Uh, cause like, Hey, it turns out that there are actually a lot of places that are currently closed due to lack of workers. Like the first three places that I went to, uh, had were either closed or severely limited in what they could do because, like, they had signs of, hey, the, we're closed, everybody's sick. Uh, there was a Jack in the Box and Taco Bell, and then, like, the Whataburger had closed their lobby and didn't have soda for some reason. Um, so um, I was like, fuck, man. Then I was like, all right. So, so fly chain. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got Whataburger tonight, and they didn't have any branded bags. They just had wow. generic white paper bags. And the same places also had times where they didn't get the branded cups. They were just generic 32-ounce white styrofoams. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter, but it is one of those things where you go, oh, <laughs> yeah, supply chain real because they don't have their proper branded stuff. Just how it is. Yep. Um, but, like, I went to buy a Barnes & Noble. It's like, well, I can, I can browse some books at the bookstore. And they were supposed to open at 9, but because of staffing shortages, they were opening at 11. And it was like, Wow. Like, it's impacting all these things that I'm trying to do to kill time um, and not be around a bunch of people. Yeah, see, the problem is, Saverin, that just nobody wants to work. Yeah. Because they're dying of COVID. Yeah, I mean, if they're sick and coughing up and they don't want to sneeze on the books for some reason, I mean, come Mm. on, get it together. I was glad I had a bunch of podcasts and a book with me. Yeah. Uh, I had my 1,078-page <laughs> tome, How Sex Got Screwed Up, mm-hmm. Volume 1, with me. Where uh, are you on that now? I'm about two-thirds. Um, oh, wow. Nice. Because, like, I got it a while ago, and I've been pecking away at it um, because it's a very mm-hmm. dense book. Yeah. And I'm up to pre-modern China. Like, we're talking mm. contemporaneous to the Renaissance-type China. Um mm-hmm. And so, like, that's it's been a big tome. And that's volume one of two, by the way. Um, yeah. This is, like, yeah. an academic tome that's, like, 90 bucks shipped because it's a print-on-demand item. 
for being, you know, they're not going to print up a bunch of copies of a 1,078-page book. Um, right. So, but that's been really interesting. Uh, but in the meantime, I had picked up and finished this other book. Yes, Perv. Perv. Have you had a chance to read about that, Alphas? So I started it. I think I've read the introduction so far. Um, I was up late one night. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm on like page 14, 15. Okay, so you're you're not that deep into it yet. No. So the book in question I was is, enjoying it, is titled Perv, The Sexual Deviant in All of Us by Jesse Baring, J-E-S-S-E-B-E-R-I-N-G. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. He's rather active. Apparently lives in New Zealand now. Oh. And this is a popular, like, uh, like it's a general reader's book. Like, it's a, not an academic tome, but it has citations and an index and bibliography in the back. And yeah. the talks, the book's thrust is sexual development and paraphilias. Um, and before everyone goes, ooh, that's a big scary word. What is that? A paraphilia is any sort of sexual attraction that is not directly related to fucking somebody or feeling their genitals. So I just assumed it was when you get horny when you're parachuting, paragliding, anything jumping out of a plane, really. You know, there is probably one about falling, sex while falling. Um, mm. Do you get like eagles yeah. in America? Yeah. <laughs> Fucked like an eagle falling out of the sky, yes. <laughs> and then killing your master in a duel and never saying why is another one, I'm sure. Um, yeah. You know, but that was George Washington's thing. Basically, uh, any paraphilia is anything like spanking, musk, vor, uh, latex, being attracted to feet, and it's podophilia, p-o-d-o-philia, and it's any sort of non-standard sexual attraction. And that's the thing. Everybody thinks if they know the word, they think the big ones, the scary ones, the ones that are actually listed in the DSM-5, um, which are actually not that many that are specifically cited as disorders, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like, if you actually go by the DSM-5, the actual listed ones... Let me find the list here. Is... So I know the, the big one that we'll have to talk about as furries is, of course, animality, which is when you're jerking off while playing Mortal Kombat. Yeah, which actually, that doesn't even actually get its own listing. It just falls under the other category on the DSM-5 and is not listed directly as a disorder. I'm trying to find the, because there was the list of like, here are the list of things that are in the DSM-5 like list of paraphilias. And it's like sadism and masochism and fraturism and voyeurism, things that are very, what's, what's that third one? Uh, fraturism is rubbing yeah, your dick on that? people without their consent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like it's, it's rubbing your dick up against someone on a train Right, And a lot of the things that actually are listed as like the big ones are things that objectively cause harm to other people. Like this is stuff done against people's consent or are physically harmful. Uh, pedophilia is actually listed as a major big P paraphilic disorder. Um, right. But disorders – are only counted as such if, you know, it's been, it, according to the thing, is if it causes marked distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. So, like, for most people, like, mm -hmm. the fact that you really get off on spanking doesn't affect your life. 
it affects your wallet when you like buy commissions of your character getting spanked, but that doesn't right. cause you any sort of impairment in social, occupational, or other areas of functioning. Yeah. But you know, and the book doesn't even cover you know the big Z that everyone want, immediately goes to in the book. Like there's like five pages, and I've got a couple of mentions in it. But the big thing is more about the broad development of humans and how these things kind of come about because obviously you know humans come in a few base models you know you're going to you're going to come out tending towards being straight or gay or ace it even mentions that but then beyond that a lot of it is wiring that develops in the ages between 6 and puberty hitting like the pump gets primed in men starting at around age six mm. so like you're you may have things that happen to you as a kid or things you see as a kid or in that intervening time and then when puberty hits it's gonna stick in your head and become a thing for you and like i said paraphilias cover a huge broad swath of things there's like 550 of them that are named from the you know ones we've mentioned before to things like I think it's like melesophilia, which is like you're attracted to the sound of bees, or formicophilia, which is like having bugs crawl on your dick. You know, there's a huge, broad swath of named things, and then there's just like combos, right? If you like being transformed into a latex balloon and popped, that's like three different ones comboed together if you want to like right. really get clinical with it. But the thing is, you really don't have to. You can just be like, this is the thing I like. But when you're coming to it from a clinical perspective, or at least in a scientific perspective, they have names for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it's really interesting because, like, if I think of myself, I really dig lingerie. And specifically lingerie that's partially see-through. And I was thinking about it after reading the book and going, like, why is it like that? Like, what what do I think? If I, if I take what this book is saying is being true, like, what would – what element in my life would do that? And I was like, well, when I was younger – um, one of the earlier things – one of the earliest pieces of not quite pornography that I ever got my hands on was um, back in the day you could get these like mail order catalogs. And this mail order catalog, lingerie catalog that I got my hands on at around age 11 or 12 um, was a – they didn't Photoshop out the, the pussy or the dick. So like they had – it was this – Basically, this lingerie catalog full of very attractive people with lingerie that in a lot of cases you could see their bits. And right. so that's stuck in this the young developing head of mine. And puberty goes, oh, hey, you know this thing that you thought was really hot and exposed you were exposed to very early? This is going to be like a major turn on for you. And it's like, oh, OK, well, that's simple enough. And, you know, mm -hmm. then you have things like the whole thing is like, well, you know, Robin Hood and the like and the Lion King, which hit when I was like 12 and Nala given the look giving you a real funny feeling in the old pants and uh, you know that's how you end up with a lot of the Sorry. people that think uh, Nala's the hottest thing on four legs but then you know mm -hmm. a few years later you end up people with like a lot of heavy interest in the TF because of movies like Brother Bear right mm, right uh, and so you know in a way yeah Disney is in fact a furry factory <laughs> so like five or ten years from now there'll be all the people who so, oh, there'll be like a lot of sidestep shit because of Zootopia. They'd be like, ah, I'm going to run through Rodent Town and whatnot. Or Fred Prey, maybe that'll make a big uh, comeback. Yeah, and like, 
I want to read a, uh, and I actually, I tweeted about this because it was just one of those, huh, okay, this is really interesting. This is from page like 128, 129 of the book. Or 126, 127. Mm. So the paraphilic classification of the DSM-5 are gender neutral, it's worth noting. So without a theory of innate sex differences to account for the fact that this section of the diagnostic manual is almost exclusive province of the male psychiatric patients, it's rather hard to explain this overrepresentation on traditional feminist grounds of sexist society. I've never heard complaints of paraphilia as being a male privilege, and in fact, I'm quite sure most paraphilic men would be happy to share the wealth of shame and stigma with the fairer sex. Paraphilic males show a telltale range of erections just like their non-paraphilic brethren. It's just that the focus of their attraction has somehow constricted around more unusual erotic targets, which is something other than the norm. Many sexologists and a lot of paraphiliacs themselves believe that such atypical arousal patterns link back to a specific event or perhaps series of events in the man's early boyhood. That is to say, sexual imprinting, just like what happened to those male rats that suckled those pups from the set of Lemony Teats, which is an anecdote from earlier in the book where they basically gave rat, raised rats to only suckle from females that had flavor applied to them and then later in life they were not sexually attracted to rats who didn't smell like lemons ah okay the defining imprint of our own species seems to occur surprisingly early, usually being reported sometime between a boy's fourth and ninth birthdays, although it's best to think of this five-year time frame as a sensitive period, with plus or minus several years on either end, rather than as a critical period of male development. At puberty, the eroticized imprint is jogged awake by a flood of hormones, namely testosterone, which quickly turns the male's reproductive system into one of those 24-7 sperm microbreweries that we encountered in Chapter 3. Um, so basically it's like the book says, and there are citations, it's like, hey look, this is the shit that happens when you're a kid. It might imprint yeah. cognizantly or not, but when puberty hits, there it is. And it's mm-hmm. one of those things where you go, oh, huh, that's – I hadn't thought of it that way because, you know, it's one of those topics that most people don't talk about. Or if you do talk about it, it's very, very charged because people don't think of it as a broad category of humanity and know, oh, this only you're talking about pedophiles, you're only talking about zoophiles, you're only talking about insert highly hated group here. But we've also seen, like, in the furry fandom, you know, people that go after the puphood people, the pony play people, the people that, you know, do draw feral people that like there's weight gain vor like i saw there was a furry notes thing of someone talking about how like vor is damaging to your soul and you know people get weird about anything that's outside their their comfort zone Mm. and so like when you're talking about like where this stuff comes from like there's no shortage of things where in children's media a character is swallowed up by a monster or uh, in a cartoon you know tom eats jerry or you know whatever and it's like they're swallowed and then the wacky hijinks ensue and they pop out and everything's fine and guess what here your kid is now going to be into vor later in life possibly and you know what being into cartoon vor where you your snake oc can swallow somebody and they pop out just fine the other end is much 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 nicer than the actual real life case of orophilia uh with the german sex cannibals singular cannibal right. yeah yeah um where basically uh, a dude who was into a hard masochist who wanted to be eaten and a hard sadist that wanted to eat somebody got together in germany in the 2001 and willingly was killed and eaten by this guy and then the the vor person the vorer got a lot of time in prison you know so hey you know if if you're in divorce and you're in divorce and uh, you sublimate 
that into drawings and stuff hey that's great don't don't do that as opposed to actually eating somebody and you go well that's stupid people who are in devour don't really want to eat somebody it's like well probably not but you know it's all about levels too right because like there's levels of preference when it comes to like paraphilias like there's the preferred there's like the mandatory and then there's the it's nice if i can get it like there's multiple layers here and so some yeah isn't that like the difference between a kink and a fetish or um, something like that like one in, in non-clinical terms yeah yeah one is like i need this to get off and then the other is like this is a nice bonus yeah and i can get it so like yeah like i if i find a good piece of furry porn that doesn't necessarily hit any of my particular things but i like it enough sure no problem but like if it hits those notes that really turn the crank it makes it that much better and so there are people that really 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 love the notion of being a micro and getting stepped on and to that end they have spent thousands and thousands of dollars of getting pictures of their character getting sat on or stepped on by other people yeah isn't there one guy it's like is it wolf from Star Fox the, or something that, that um, commissioned him? There's Macro Fa- Macro Falco. Um, he's That's an okay. he's a dude that really right. loves Macro Falco, and yeah. like sometimes he's fucking buildings. Sometimes he's just standing naked with his big bird dick out over a ruined downtown. You know, like there's yeah. many variations, but it's like this is whatever turns that person's crank and. They express it through art. Cool. Yeah. You know, that that's that what that is what works for them. You know, the furry fandom has a huge array of things that can get you off and artists that are cater cater to pretty much any whim. So uh, let me ask you something. If you have any insight on this from this book that you guys into. So here's the thing, it's like like we're all exposed to like a lot of the same yeah, growing up, and I'm like, why does it become a, a paraphilia for some people and not for others? Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking of like, you know, there's like the scene in the Jungle Book when Ka is like hypnotizing Mowgli and trying to eat him. Uh-huh. I know people. I've heard of people who cite that as like an early influence in their their hypno fetish. But like, I watched that movie growing up, and I don't have a hypno fetish. So, do you well, know what, why? The problem with figuring out exactly why is that doing those type of long-form studies on humans is difficult, but it really is like a brain-wiring thing. Because, you know, it's not, it is a combination of nature and nurture. It's like brains, like the reason that foot fetish is so common is that apparently the brain regions that cover, like, the cover genital area and feet are, like, right next to each other in the brain. So it's very easy for those wires to get crossed, and your brain associates the two. Like Part of the uh, thing with spanking also is that in the seat of the butt, there's, like, apparently there's nerves that run between the buttocks and the genitals. Uh-huh. So I guess sometimes for people being spanked in childhood or whatever, they uh, notice a tingle. And and that leads into having a, a spanking fetish later on. Um, there actually is an anecdote in the book um, of a woman uh, who had a heavy spanking fetish who tra- traced it back to being spanked as a child and seeing her dad freeballing in the process and that crossing oh, the wires. Um, right. And so, yeah, like the thing is, it's like 
it's so the human brain is such a plastic weird thing but like for most things you can trace it back to a source like if you think about it for like individual things and the why it affects some and not others is literally just down to variations in physiology probably like one of the earlier parts of the book there's an anecdote about a study where they swapped uh male and female goats and lambs to be raised by the other species and when it came to adulthood goats that were raised only by sheep were only sexually attracted to sheep but a ewe right. raised by goats was sexually plastic enough that they would accept the advances of either one ah. um, and it's one of those things that like apparently and this is in the book as well men are very rigid when it comes to the things that turn their crank and women are far more plastic and they don't really know why um and so it's one of those things where it's like you don't really have a lot of like capital p hard paraphile women but you know obviously women have kinks too oh right um but it is one of those things where it's like men are much more hardwired apparently to have these Mm. things whereas women are much less so um like and there was another study they did with involved giving rats a jacket fetish where like this sounded cute as hell yeah, they raised Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> where they had rats that were raised to wear no, just to be regular ass rats and rats that were given little jackets. And as they matured, basically the rats that were raised as regular ass rats would mate with either type of rat, the jacket or non-jacket. A jacketed mm. rat though would only go for other jacketed rats. Like they basically gave these rats a kink. We manufactured a kink in rats. And it's one of those things yeah. that we can do with animals, but we cannot ethically do it in humans. Like, right. we can't put yeah. a kid in a box for 30 years and see how they develop. It, it wouldn't turn out well. Yeah. And so, like, we have these these bits in the, of the science that's like, everybody has these things. We can sort of explain what happens with a lot of it. And when it comes down to it, you've got what you've got, and you can't magically therapy it away like therapy only exists like within the purpose of the dsmv to manage like discomforts like if you you know if it's impact impacting your life or giving you coping strategies to deal with your attractions or issues and in like you know the furthest cases like medication options but it's one of those things that like you can't this is you can't pray away the gay no more than you can therapy away either a big, you know, capital P thing or just like, I really wish I wasn't so hardcore attracted to statues. Well, that actually was a very right. common one in Roman times. It was actually written about that there were dudes who would like try to fuck the statues. Because um, they're all naked? Well, they're not. all naked and they didn't have the internet, so they had to, you know, see the tiny dicks of mighty warriors and be like ah oh, that's the true the true sign of masculinity is small genitals that was that was just how it was in roman times um yeah yeah it's just like white people to tell themselves that exactly um like you know they they spoke poorly of the barbarians outside of rome by because their dicks were so large and i'm not even yeah. making it up no i know you're not funny but it's it's what actually happened uh and so like the the big like the overarching thing that I really took from the book is that like one, you kind of have to take individuals as individuals, but two, like this is all very common shit and everybody has them. Even if they want to like pretend they don't 
Because, you know, like you have the dudes that are like guns and football but love their big booba. And like that's pretty standard. But, you know, they have something. Like the big deal is like the human brain is fucking weird. You get dealt the hand you're dealt. And really it's about managing what you've been dealt with. It was just a really interesting book, and I'm glad that I picked it up because this was basically a Christmas present from my parents. Um, they gave me a, fi- a $50 gift card to Half Price Books, and the apparently the Half Price Books in Bedford, Texas, has got themselves a very interesting selection coming in the door. Because like yeah. I've seen, like I posted the picture in our chat fuzz that was like a woman's guide to pegging, and then <laughs> a thing yeah. about chastity play then i got a book about pup play it was like titled woof the care and feeding of the human dog which is like from the early 2000s and And there was the bdsm one right how to have yeah it was like the bottoming book how to have bad things done to you by good people yeah and it was from 1995 um and so like whatever whoever's supplying books this particular half price books they have They've got some very interesting things coming to the shelves. Like I bought Ajax the uh, the Wolf and the Bottoming book one is because he's like I, I want a shelf of books that are just make people go what the hell is that if they see it. Um, and like right. Perv, I was just like oh you know this is actually like a topic that I'm interested in that nobody really talks about and this is a popular science reading book for from like 2012 2013. So yeah. you know hey here here's a a book that's not that big it's like 238 pages on the interior plus bibliography acknowledgement and index and uh, it was it was a good read like i was very surprised um, I, I just wonder if there's like someone in bedford that's working on like a sexual psychology phd or something so they you know they pick up this book and then they're like they're done with their paper or whatever return it to half price books pick up something else yeah and like the book is not even that expensive like if you go to alibris you can get it for like four bucks oh wow yeah like if you go uh i just clicked it now and there's 68 copies mostly soft cover that you can get for like under four bucks plus shipping and there's like half price books there's multiple listings here uh in carrollton actually at multiple like spots here in dfw they must have gotten some copies it's kind of like they they sometimes get a bunch of excess copies like the ojoy sex toy comic collections one through three have showed up at multiple ones around here so they probably Mm. got a selection of dead stock from somewhere right so i mean if you're interested in this book it's i'll include a link in the in the show notes Uh, it's perv the sexual deviant in all of us by jesse Baring. um he has a couple other books that he wrote about uh one about suicide and another which is a collection of his articles titled uh, why is the penis shaped like that but it's a collection of articles and not like a full selection of not it's not a full topical book but yeah that was my like big read over the break is like this you know there's been plenty of other things going on but it's just like i sat down i got this book i was really interested to put it and i ended up reading it in like two sessions Like, I got a cold or something over the end of the year, and so I sat there, read a book, had a drink, and had Adam in my lap while I read just for hours. It was nice, minus the sneezing. But it is certainly, like... I wanted to say it was, like, the 30th or the 31st, and I was like, man, I'm really disappointed by how few books I've read this year. And I got a novella for uh, Christmas called The Deep by River Solomon. The Afrofuturism book, 
and it's not too big. Um, I read it in like four hours, but I just basically sat down at like two in the morning one night. And I was like, I want to read one more fucking book this year. So I just stayed up from like two in the morning to six in the morning and read this book. It was like, now my sleep schedule's fucked, but I've read another book. Yay. I can't say that I read that many books this year, but I, I thought this one was a good uh, mm-hmm. capstone. Yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those things where kind of you read it and it's like, oh, wow, we really treat these outliers like shit sometimes, don't we, huh? It's like, it's really one of those, you know, you miss the trees for the forest. A lot of humanity is finding somebody weirder than you so that you don't feel bad about yourself and then making fun of that person. And that's not a positive trend in our society. And, you know, I think we should all just accept it. We all have weird little things and that's i mean that's partially why i like like furry's cool like you know like you said you're like yeah i dropped a bunch of money on a picture of my character spanking or being spanked and it's just sort of like here's my cake enjoy this fine artwork you know and like and everyone's like that you know it's just like here's a picture of my character fucking a building because fuck banks you know yeah and it's how I'm getting my mortgage forgiven, you know, by putting my cop through a bank of America. And it's not even arguable that, like, when it comes down to it, like, expressing yourself through art and story, art and fiction and stuff is really the healthiest way for many people to do their thing. Like, obviously, you can't go eat someone in real life, but you can buy an artist drawing a, you know, a dragon eating your character. Right. Or, yeah. you know, or RP it over text or whatever. Or yeah, like, there's. VR really good ways for like the furry fandom in many ways allows people to sublimate their particular desires into healthy to them and non-harmful to anybody else desires like drawing your character getting tied up and beaten seven ways from sunday isn't going to leave you with bruises for months but if that's what that really gets you off congratulations you found a a, a way to sublimate that you know Mm. and so like, I think that is a really good thing about the furry fandom is that it, like, allows people to channel that energy through art and writing and music and whatever else to into healthy to them and, you know, well-adjusted things. I mean, obviously some things or some people are not very well-adjusted in the furry fandom, but when it comes down to it, like, it's a good way to channel that energy. Um, yeah, and I'd say we're more well-adjusted as a group than a lot of other um, parts of humanity, yeah. like toxic, heteronormative culture. <laughs> or, like, the the people that are, like, super, super anti-vegan. I saw a rather nuclear hot take today that was like, oh, oh you know, God. being vegetarian is a sin against God because God put animals on the earth for us to eat. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like... I hate vegans so much. I'm only well. You're going to do the Jordan Peterson diet, I guess, and only eat me. <laughs> uh, no, it was just one of those like it was 100% a bait type post. I saw okay. like I, I have no doubt that there may be people out there that genuinely believe that, but it seems so very much out there that I just go, huh, and I block them and then move on with my day. But it was just yeah. very bonkers. And, but that's like the people that say masks are against God because we're covering up the human form, uh-huh. even though, like, you know, we've been wearing clothes for thousands of years, but whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like the people that 
they spend all their time online just picking fights with people. That's how they get on with their day because they ha they hate themselves about something or other. And it's like, yeah, like I much rather <laughs> like go find a hobby, go buy a commission of your character doing a thing they like rather than picking fights on twitter.com you know um, yeah that that really covers it i think for that book um i thought it was really fascinating uh it's not expensive if you want to pick up a copy there is apparently also an audiobook so you could probably get that and listen to it if you're so inclined but you can get the paperback for real cheap online but yeah it's just it's a topic that nobody wants to talk about online because like immediately people go maximally uncharitable and go, oh, well, clearly they're talking about this when it's just like, nah, dude, this is just affects everybody. This isn't just the big ones that everybody immediately goes to. It, it covers yeah. like everybody. You know, it occurred to me that like lingerie is a real self-perpetuating thing. What do you think about it? Because like, like think of your story and it's like a lot of us, probably have early experience of like even something really innocuous like a, a Sears catalog or something like that there's always the intimate section and there's always women in lingerie and so that's probably the first kind of sexually charged image that you might see that's just around the house you know yeah it is easy to get to so it's no wonder that so many people um end up finding lingerie sexy because it's very common even in non-pornographic settings like that so i guess they they kind of perpetuate their own uh, their own customer base there yeah i mean and i'm sure pe people have been doing fancy lingerie for hundreds if not thousands of years so i mean clearly it's just one of those like it's basic i guess but also like again very 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 common the thing uh, i want to know about the rats though was what kind of jacket it was like was it like a high school letterman rep jacket so they're like little jock rats or was it more like um uh john travolta in greece like leather kind of jacket were they biker rats or were they denim were they canadian tuxedo rats you know where it was they said oh, like oh yeah denim was this done in the 80s did it have like a fucking motley crew picture on the back of it or, or like denim tar. They gave the rat a little full body denim jumpsuit. <laughs> uh, I need to know more about what these sexy rats were wearing. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that if you check the the bibliography in the back, the listing is in there that you could look it up. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean that that's the good thing is that the book does cite its sources, um, and you can find this is the study I'm talking about when I wrote this quip. Very often, I want to get a com a commission of these rats. It'll be like the the furry porn commission that actually has a, a scientific reference uh, citation on yeah, the bottom of it. Like, <laughs> sorry, baby, if you don't ride, I don't ride. <laughs> uh, yeah. So beyond that, you know, hey, uh, let's let it let's 2022 be the end of the, the horny jail meme. Like, let us all understand yeah. that we have our own weird things that we're interested in and do not go around bonking people with stupid Shiba memes. Like, let people do not yuck other people's yums and don't do the horny meme, the horny jail thing. Horny. No more no nut November. Or, It'll be all nut November. Yeah, 99 <laughs> nut November. Just come constantly. 
<laughs> so 30 days in the month, so that's like roughly three times a day, I guess. Yeah, I, I can believe in that. And then, like, an, and then like a bonus week or so. Oh, <laughs> shit. Like, I couldn't have done that if I wanted to when I was a teenager, let alone now. God, I'd die of dehydration. <laughs> I, I happened to see that uh, thread on Twitter a while ago, and it was uh, well a few weeks ago. It was talking about having conventions just for gray muzzles, and uh, <laughs> people. Somebody was like, "Holy, oh, the con won't have to waste any money on lube and condoms because who has energy to use them?" <laughs> exactly. Like everybody's like, "Hey, we're gonna wrap up around nine ten p.m. Everybody has a nice dinner and hangs out in our rooms and goes to bed at a reasonable hour." Yeah, you know, there's no need to have, you know, the big fancy raves. Seven to nine, the dead dog party will end at ten. <laughs> we'll have our insurer and uh, a big bowl of painkillers, but like you know, the aspirin four hundreds. That's like instead of like the mix where you, where where people mix like the M and M's and the Skittles, it's like aspirin and antacids. Ooh, we, they a, s- a and A's, aspirin and antacids. Then you could really show off by uh, getting the Tums smoothie flavor ones because those are the good oh. ones. Mm. You know, none of this regular mix. We either get the wild berry mix or the smoothies in this house. We're not fucking right. cheap. Hashtag <sighs> gray candy. Yep. <laughs> uh, so shifting to less fun furry topics, unfortunately. Uh, um, hey, Fuzz, you know we're still in uh, the middle of a pandemic, right? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, this is massively impacting FC. Further confusion yeah. in San Jose, California, which mm-hmm. uh, was supposed to be a week from now. Right, um, yeah. It's still going, but between the surge of Omicron and a lot of people backing out, both staff and attendees and vendors, they've basically had to cancel a bunch of the events during the con, uh, like the night market, and which had a very unfortunate uh, scheduled tweet happen like right after they'd posted their initial like, hey guys, we're still thinking we're having to go forward, but uh, you know, we're going to let you know. And then immediately had a scheduled tweet of talking about the night market and what was happening there. So people immediately was like, oh my God, what is going on here? How dare you get an image of a character like showing off their maws by, by take after taking off their mask? Ah, I was like, oh my God. People are fucking just dumb as a fucking bag of fertilizer. I'm just, yeah. Useless useless as a marzipan dildo. Like, <laughs> seriously, like, can people not just, can people just stop banging on their keyboards and think for like 30 fucking seconds? That, like, they would have commissioned that art months, if not years ago. It's very much in the style that they used for the first time they did the night market, which was two years ago. So it could, which happened, you know, before the pandemic really kicked in. It was January 2020. It could be art from back then. And yes, as, as you mentioned, scheduled tweets are a thing. And a lot of business, like they probably, Looked at their calendar, we're like, okay, we should promote the night market on this day, promote the, the DJ lineup on this day, you know, promote the dealers room on this day, whatever. Of course, they would set up stuff like hotel rooms open here, reg closes on this day, and shit like that. It's just like, if you've been on Twitter for more than five fucking minutes, man, you know this shit. 
but people like jumped all over their shit about it. And there are so many tweets out there that are like, tell me you know fuck all about running a convention, you know? Is to do, well, why don't they just cancel it? Well, why don't they just do this? Why don't they just do that? Why don't they just move the date? So, like, it, thinking that this is, sorry, this really grinds my gears. It's, it's not that fucking easy. Oh, you yeah. know, cons are not the party that has the power in the relationship with a hotel and a convention center and a city, you know? They don't have any control over that and just eyes oh, these fucking people that are just i know everyone's ignorant of something there's a lucky ten thousand for everything but it really is frustrating to see all the tweets and i i cannot imagine how frustrating it is for the people that that work um on fc the staff people and people running the social media you know volunteers and stuff like that and just seeing these same dumbass questions coming from from all over the place, you know? And, yes. I mean, thankfully, there have been a lot of people very not friendly remindering people about how contracts with conventions work. And I think that the and net you, result is that people are becoming a lot more uh, educated as to what all entails the uh, is entailed in a contract um, mm-hmm. than there would be otherwise. Because when mm-hmm. you have the seven thousandth person to ask a dumbass question, inevitably you get large accounts like Boozy that like will just run shit down for you and be like, "Shut the fuck up! This is the facts." Yeah. The the bottom line is that when you sign a contract, that's a fucking death pact. Like day one of signing the contract you owe them at least half the money in that contract minimum if you sign a contract and then like your entire board gets run over by a train the remaining people if they try to cancel are still going to owe 50 percent of the room rental 50 percent of room nights plus plus and any food and beverage like that's if you if you somehow die the next day the con org is still going to need to pay at least half the costs and increase to 75 six months out and 100 percent at three months out and that Mm -hmm. was back when i was running cons when you've got a food and beverage minimum you've got food and beverage minimum plus tax plus service fee and service fee is always like 20 plus percent then like when you have room nights when you have a room block if you don't hit your room block you owe at least 80 percent total of the room block which means you're paying 80 room not like all right so if you have a 500 room room block that means you owe 80 percent you have to pay them the equivalent of 400 room nights plus occupancy tax plus tax plus whatever fees they tack on top of that and like, it's usually the regular rate yeah it's not, not your negotiated convention rate so like if you negotiate 129 and the average room is 170 well guess what you're paying it's the 170 yeah and so like when people are like oh why don't you just quit or why don't you just cancel it's like well the con will bankrupt be bankrupt i I literally saw a zero follower sock being like well why don't you just you know declare bankruptcy and start over because no convention hotel will ever work with you as an individual again like you don't think that that hotels talk do you think that if you go from being further confusion to further confusion underscore two they're not gonna know (laughs) You can't just be like, you can't slap a fucking fake mustache on your con org and try to talk to a hotel again after pulling a trick like that. Right. 
Um, so after all that, like basically further confusion is like, look, you know, we're thankful beyond words for the outpouring of support from everyone in the community. Many have reached out expressing interest in helping the convention. They've added the option to do so. They've added a, op- a supporting slash non-attending badge level on their registration page. It's 25 bucks. I personally did a supporting membership to FC because, God, I know how much work goes into cons and yeah. uh, how much bullshit that they're going through right now. And, like, they're giving people an option to... Uh, donate to registration. You can downgrade to a supporting not attending at the difference turned to you or just other where they do a refund. They're, they're trying to do right by the attendees that are canceling, but they're like, hey, if, if you want to just make the donation, please. And, and you really honestly should. If you can eat the cost of a badge... You should you should probably do that. You know, further confusion's been around for for how long? It's, it's like ten years at least, right? Yeah, it's, it's more like fifteen now. Pre- yeah, they, I think they they predate Fiesta. I think. No way, no, like it's more like twenty. Okay, yeah, they've been around a fucking long time, and there's yeah. people that have worked at the con for years and years and years. They've been shepherding it ever. I don't know since inception, but for shepherding it a very long time, and like yeah. to get fucking hurt like this for. A situation well outside their control is bullshit and like yeah. it it the right thing to do if you have to cancel and you can eat the cost is just let them keep the money so that they might have a chance to come back in 2023 because like yeah they have an endowment yeah they probably got savings but losing a year of income or having your income when you still have costs that are fairly static like room rental yeah th- that's gonna be a big punch in the pocketbook and again or this isn't their fault they they signed these contracts years ago well before covid yeah that that was some, another point that somebody made it was like everyone is saying that they're stuck in this contract but like why would you sign a contract during covid and it's like most cons, it's like a three-year minimum. Sometimes five. Sometimes really big cons will be like a ten-year contract. It's a situation where they have a really long-standing arrangement. I mean, I think like, Fiesta finalized our contract in like 2018. Yeah. Like, we had a, a multi-year contract with the previous hotel, and then we have a couple-year contract with this new one. And it was yeah. all done years in advance, because that's how this works. If you want to get a particular mm-hmm. weekend, you sign on the dotted line with blood to, to get your weekends. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of scheduling considerations for like, conventions, in particular for furry conventions. This is something the Midwest Fur Fest ran into, is their hotel and convention center primarily books business conventions and they run a lot of times from Monday to Friday and may or may not include the surrounding weekends. But with people showing up earlier and earlier for MFF, you have people coming in Wednesday and Thursday and then staying until Monday or Tuesday. So in order for a weekend-based convention to happen, like furry cons are, the hotel have to basically have two weeks in a row that they don't have another con going on. And when they moved from the week before Thanksgiving to the week after Thanksgiving, that was the compromise with the hotel. And uh, I, people were bitching at the time about they just want to fuck people over because they know that school goes back because it's after the holiday. And it's like, why would they do that? Why would their board sit there and be like, we want to fuck furries over and make them have to study for exams on the same weekend as the convention? Like, why? There's no fucking motive to 
decrease their own um, attendance levels like that. You know, it's just people don't fucking think. And this, there's a real problem with people assuming malice on the part of convention staffs and board. You know, I think it's born out of thinking that cons care about money because they're making money and they're not. Oh, dude. Even if the organization makes money, it goes to charity or, or rolls forward to throwing the next year's convention. I mean, you have the, the eternal line, you know, someone once asking Shiva, like, do you know how much the president of the board makes? And yeah. she had a very good knowledge of that at the time. But, like, I yeah. did literally saw someone today say, you know, when when FC was like, hey, we're having to curtail these events and cut down on these other ones, literally tweeted, I don't know. It seems kind of like an underhanded way of skimming off the top, canceling non-refundable events and panels last minute because, quote, COVID and pocketing the money that was supposed to be used to facilitate them. Seems kind of sus to me. Thinking emoji. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) How to retweet Twitter just strangle that fucking idiot whoever said that yeah and like i i capped it without identifying information because it was just like man this is some nobody with like 30 followers and they're being a real head ass but i'm still gonna like post this with you know a brain and a worm emoji yeah totally it's like dog come on (laughs) they're not doing this for fun like you know like i have my own concerns coming towards fiesta because like I may end up needing to help my parents more on site, yeah. but because I planned ahead for this, I've been building my actual staff up and like worst case, I'm down assisting in the vendor hall during vendor hours and then upstairs in the room shift, you know, off shift with my other dudes. Like, yeah, I'm going to be working my ass off that whole convention either way, but it's yeah. like, I've been making prep, you know, for Fiesta just because I knew these other issues were going to be coming up. And so, like, yeah, but <sighs> I don't know. It's this weird entitlement. Is, yeah. And the thing is, it's like how quickly shit changes. Just like a month ago, it was going to be fine. You know, it's just that we have the, the new variants come in and then there is a big spike in cases. And in this case, also the holidays caused a big spike in cases. But like the summer of last year sucked because of, of Delta and everybody locked down and took that super seriously. But then BLFC happened without a problem. MFF happened without a problem. These are just the ones that Tyranid Co. went to. And we were all like, okay, we're going to go to FC. And, you know, then, uh, you know, well, it's on Twitter anyway, but, you know, Ajax got sick. Ajax got COVID on when he was out of town. So now somebody in our household is sick. And we're like, well, if we're exposed to him. We're within the time frame of have you been exposed to COVID potentially? And, you know, getting on a plane or, you know, shipping packages and stock out there. Like, no, nah, you know. We don't want to bring COVID to the convention. And, you know, frankly, a couple of us uh, were starting to have cold feet anyway, just because the numbers of cases were skyrocketing. And, you know, we don't live in a good state. We're not doing anything to mitigate the spread here. And, you know, with new variants, surge in cases, shit's bad. 
it, it affected our family. So yeah, we ended up we ended up being one of the groups that canceled. And you know, I feel bad about that, but at the same time, I yeah, I feel bad about the effects on FC. Uh, but I can't feel guilty for being like I don't feel it's safe for us to go there right now. You know? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's valid. Like you have to fucking manage your own concerns here and like i've personally like i'm really hoping that things have calmed down a little bit in a couple weeks because of anther expo right yeah like i'm gonna be real unhappy if the first convention that i'm 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 literally staffer fiesta like i'm kind of on the hook for that one but if the first convention that i get to go to after fiesta 2020 is fiesta 2022 i'm just gonna flip the fuck out because oh my god (laughs) I have been enduring all this shit for two years, and I don't get to go to a convention and enjoy it. I have to work them two back to back, even if it's two years apart. God damn it! Yeah. So I mean, I have my own con- reasons of really wanting to be able to go to Anthro Expo, but I have to fucking play it by ear. Like current plan. Yeah. I want to do it. In a week or two, shit could be entirely different. Yeah. You know, I don't know where I will mentally be in in two weeks. Whether I'll, you know, I'm not taking it off the table that I might not go, you know? That's why I asked you about it. Yeah. And, like, I don't think Tyrod is a fan of the idea of me going at this moment, you know? It might be different in, like, 10 days. It has a lower risk profile, and it is driving instead of flying, and it lists at 1,000 people instead of, like, two and a half or 3,000. Yeah, I mean, like, the, so, the, 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 the surfaces are smaller, I mean, you're still yeah. in fucking uh, Oklahoma, which is Texas's hat, but you know you're, yeah. you're still there's a much lower number of people you're going to interact with driving up to Oklahoma City than going to DFW, getting on a flight, flying to California, dealing with the airport there, and then getting out to San Jose. Like yeah. the the sheer num there is a vast difference in number of people you're going to interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. again, like it, it really has to boil down to your own personal thoughts on the matter. Like, obviously, don't go to to be, <laughs> you know, don't go to big QAnon conspiracy conferences in Dallas and claim it's an anthrax attack and then die of COVID. Uh, two <laughs> weeks later, wondering how am I sick? I don't understand. Which happened mm-hmm. to uh, at least two of them that went to some conference here that was here in Dallas a few weeks ago. And for some reason, everybody got, a lot of people got sick there. And now several of these nuts have died. Which, I was know. reading in, it was, a, it was a group chat somewhere, I think, about someone was saying that their manager at work is sick with COVID, but is not masking or isolating. He's just walking around the office blowing COVID everywhere because he doesn't believe that it's COVID. And somebody was like, dude, you need to go to HR about that shit. And they were like, he is HR. He's the owner of the company. There's like nothing I can do. (laughs) It's just like, Jesus Christ, you know? And uh, do you see the new mayor of New York like putting his foot, ankle, whole fucking leg in his mouth? You know, how quickly we move from being essential workers to being low-skilled workers. Yep. You know? And it's just like, fuck you, man. There's so many people talking about how they're like, I I work as a checkout person and I have a master's degree because that's the fucking country that we live in now, you know? 
And yeah, like this is why like the 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 product sucked when they had the uh, all the office staff go down to the line in Kellogg's, and why you ended up getting like bugs in the cereal and shit like that, and like the. We had talked before about one of the, the car manufacturers that was having a big strike. And I'm like, I don't want to drive a Jeep that was welded together by middle management. They don't know what the fuck they're doing, you know? I just say, you know, white collar, blue collar, they're different. They're valid. It all takes a level of skill. Like, I, I challenge any fucking CEO of some massive Fortune 500 company to go and work as a Starbucks barista for a day and just just deal with getting all those orders right and have busy customers that are in a hurry screaming in their face and, and, and see how well they do it for a fucking fraction of a fraction of the money that they make, you know? I mean, hell, even just working in the line at a fucking subway, like, that takes, you know, at least some training, you know, oh, yeah. make yeah. working at a pizza restaurant and making sandwiches to order and all these other things. Like, oh my god, if you want to see somebody untrained fucking die, get them to do the pressure cooker at a fucking KFC because you will oh, burn the shit yeah. out of yourself if not cause an explosion. Um, yeah, yeah. There were training videos and everything, and I I did that at Wendy's because we had the fried chicken at Wendy's and it was that. The big stuff fucking thing. It's like a submarine door. You pull this thing closed, then you spin this big handle or seal it down. Uh huh. And, and it's full of boiling hot, um, I know it said acid, but, uh, the, <laughs> oil. It's, it's oil, yeah. And it's pressurized. Yeah. Because it flash fries it. Boiling oil. The, you know, the, the people that, the, the, that work it all day wear a big fucking apron and those, Big old gloves that go up past your elbow when yep. they open up and pull the the, the uh, wire basket of chicken out. Yeah, but, like you you can't say yeah. these are unskilled workers. They're doing stuff that you don't want to do, but they they have to have a degree of skill to not fucking die making your fried chicken. Um, yeah, and as somebody who did have to do that for about six months. I, I will never disrespect anybody working at a fast food kitchen or any restaurant because, by God, I know how it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Also, like, we all have to do it at some point, you know? Either early in our careers where or working lives when we're trying to find shit or later when, when shit, you know, fucking goes downhill or, you know, we hit a bump in the road or whatnot. Like, there's... There's no shame in this. The only thing that's unfortunate is that the way our fucking country is designed, like, oh well, if you if you're gonna work food service, um, you're you're gonna starve to death. You know, you'll be able to get to eat the the free or low priced food at the restaurant, but that's it. You know, like the the fucking stats you see about overseas in the Scandinavian countries, the McDonald's workers make like. Sixteen twenty-five an hour and have a four hundred one k and full health benefits and six weeks of PTO. It's sort of like over here. You're like, well, you know, you get barely enough to live and um, and and fuck you, no time well, off. Well, I I saw McDonald's around here being like, ooh, we're starting at twelve dollars an hour, but then it's like it's eleven if you're sixteen and like ten if you're well, like fourteen or whatever. It's like, yeah, dog. 
I I saw a sign on the front door of uh, Quick Trip when I had to get gas the other day, and it was like starting mm-hmm. seventeen an hour for part time. Like companies that need high levels of staffing and are willing to pay for it, surprisingly have high levels of staffing. That's why Bucky's mm-hmm. always has a billion fucking people working because they pay you well there. Like yep. you know yep. the places where it's shit pay and shit treatment with shit customers, and they don't support their people and they cycle through people on a weekly basis. Like the Whataburger that we keep going to mistakenly because we've been going there forever and it's more inertia than anything like you never see the same person twice it seems and like the service sucks ass generally but you know you go to these other ones where it's like they have better management and it's better faster time yep (sighs) honestly like the people that don't have any sort of like respect for i mean it really is the people that never were there like, they, they started out working at their dad's jet ski dealership and never had to work at McDonald's or Toys R Us or Six Flags or anything that is quote-unquote seen as low-skill low work. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, motherfucker, you want that guy securing your roller coaster ride to be skilled enough to make sure that you're secure, else you're gonna die. Like, you should respect them for that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, totally. you better respect the person monitoring the food and making sure that your stuff's cooked and that the grill's cleaned and that they're not, like, sneezing on your burger, you know? Mm-hmm. There, there's so much going on in these quote-unquote low-skilled jobs that people don't even fucking think about. I mean, yeah. shit, when I worked as a dog washer at Petco, uh, a, a job that literally embittered me to the point that Tyrion staged an intervention for me, that, like, there was still customer service and handling people and handling a vast swath of different animals and, you know, having to deal with all these issues. Like, you know, you could not take the average person and be like, all right, you have to wash these six dogs or six different species of different types and by the way, you're going to be, like, really actually very scared of this one particular breed, but you still have to deal with them. So good fucking luck, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, you would, the average dude would not do that. No. Um, so, you know, the TLDR being like, hey, don't be a dick to quote-unquote low-skill workers. Like, yeah. you know, and this this press by the government to just be like, fuck it, we don't care anymore, back to work, plebes. It ain't good. It's not great. It's not good at all. No, it's and not. it's worrying because it really is like, wow, we really are on our fucking own, aren't we? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, are. yeah, like, FC's not getting any support from the local government. Like, Fiesta's not getting shit from, uh, from Texas. Um, they've actually weakened public health laws to make it so that nobody's getting off the hook for these conventions. So yeah. to kind of basically tie it back to the FC thing, is like, we need you to extend some fucking grace to the conorgs and other people forced to work in this situation. Like, I'm very lucky that I work from home and Panther works from home. We don't have to go out that often. But I know people that do have jobs that work in public facing shit, and I don't envy them at all. And like, the, the, t- the tales of uh, abuse that is written about by healthcare workers. There, there was a dude who does a podcast called Episode One or E One. Um, he used to be an ICU nurse who basically gave up and quit because he's like, "Look, I'm tired of the abuse. I'm tired of having to juggle four 
ICU people at the same time and having to get called down to the ER for other bullshit and do all this other nonsense. It's like, it, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth my health. I can't do this anymore. And like, they detailed some of the abuse they had gotten and also their stuff. And so it was just like, a sobering listen it was the most recent episode of uh, Chapa Trap House I forget the episode title yeah. but it's just like it was an interview with him and the couple of the hosts talking about just the shit they had that he had to put up with as an ICU nurse and all the the death they saw you know it's it's not good kids it's really not good yeah. uh, it's episode 590 think medical with Andrew Hudson that uh, came out on the 3rd um, if you want to give that a listen but yeah it's just like all these people that were heroes and essential workers and all this other shit are now low-skilled, entitled people who need to get back to work and serve macchiatos to the people that have to go back to offices. Why? Because yeah. capitalism needs blood. Yeah, it, it really does. That, that's it. Um, yep. So, yeah. Wow. We've somehow gone for an hour 15 on this topic. These topics. <laughs> Um, just because we're ah, uh, I mean it's shit we're passionate about. I mean, and it's it's been a good episode. Um, the the last thing that I kind of put into the topic chat today was it's January sixth. You know, the one year anniversary of the stupid coup attempt that actually was literally a coup attempt. Um, yeah, but the like lots of words about this shit. Like unless they like actually arrest all these people i'm just kind of like well we're fucked i don't have i don't have anything really positive to say about that but i did see a couple of tweets that were just kind of deranged and disappointing i was like mm -hmm. so there was a tweet from january 14th 21 so last year a liberal insurrection would have looked very different we would have had a we would have escorted the original broadway cast of hamilton into the galleries they would softly sing history's got its eyes on you as member of the gop spewed their lives and it was yeah. like 500 certain retweets to 2398 quote tweets and 5,000 likes and then today uh, Arthur Delaney, Nancy Pelosi just introduced as part of the January 6th Remembrance a song by Lin-Manuel Miranda performed by the cast of Hamilton. <sighs> it's like, what? For a, a solemn event that was very fucked up and, like, we're going to be dealing with the ramifications of for generations, probably. The fact that someone turned that weird lib thing into reality, I don't... Oh, what the fuck, man. <laughs> we, we came in and had... A group from Broadway sing a song as a remembrance, kind of like yeah. how we, uh, someone tweeted about a year ago. I mean, it was fucked up. I was watching uh, AGDQ and watching like speedrunners while this shit was going on. Another window going, holy shit, what the fuck? Oh my god, oh my god, holy shit. <laughs> Um, why is this happening it's like that guy just clipped through the wall in the video game and that bitch tried to clip through a window and got shot in the neck oh my god you know that's one of those things where it's like you you see a lot about it but it's like what is there to say it was fucked up it was done in plain sight and unless like the government actually hardcore crushes it they're gonna do it again um so there's that um but hey they're the, probably not they're yeah not i know hardcore crush it, you know um uh you know just Outlaw the Republican Party and exile every one of them to the moon? Let me Thanos snap them up there? That'd be great. That's not going to happen, though. Um, so yeah. to, to bring it back up to a positive note, um, we will make sure to include the uh, FC supporter, the link to the FC 
reg page where if you want to go and donate, do the supporting uh, non-attending membership thing, you can do that there. Um, also coming up this weekend is actually the start of Awesome Games Done Quick 2022. It's all online again this year. So you can watch speedruns. And this time, there probably won't be an insurrection live being live tweeted as you're doing so. <laughs> God, did that happen at the same time? Yeah, I was literally watching uh, speedruns on the 6th. And, you know, it was probably some some stupid game i don't remember it was like some guy mm. cheesing his way through darksiders 2 or something and then i look over i'm watching this and then i'm looking at twitter blowing the fuck up going you know seeing the insurrection happen in real fucking time while the dude's playing video games and it's like two separate worlds or it's like wow this guy just did a gronkus skip and flipped three times through the environment and punched a boss in half and over here we got fat fucks waving flags climbing up the walls of the fucking capitol building you know it was very surreal time but agdq uh it's raised raises mm-hmm. money for cancer screening organizations which is something very close to my heart given my family situation right now um so yeah. that at least will be entertaining with hopefully no insurrections this time anything going on with for planet any new big releases coming out from you fuzz um we have orange forge stock on pre-order right now um so this is book by uh a comic web comic by Black Tegan. She's been there for a few years, and she uh, kickstarted print run of it last year. Um, and after it, it sat in the port in California for a little while, it uh, finally finally made it to us. So she's going to be fulfilling her Kickstarter backer copies first. Um, but we've got basically a pallet uh, worth of copies here. And we're going to be selling all the, the post Kickstarter copies, basically. We were going to, like, debut it at FC, but they will be. But hey, you know, if you want, if you want to, um, pick up a really nice 220 page color hardcover graphic novel, uh, it's 35 bucks. We're going to start shipping them out at the end of January, uh, so that Tegan has time to get out her, um, Kickstarter versions first. So it's it's pretty cool. You should pick it up. I have a lot of other new stuff that I need to add. We picked up a lot of distribution stuff from Goal Publications, and we'll be uh, we'll probably have some more new stuff kind of trickling out over the course of the year. But uh, you know, we're we've got big depression energy right now, so really pumping out the new shit is not not happening at a uh, rate of speed that it would have before the pandemic. Um, also, I'm starting a new job on the 24th. I got a promotion at work. So that starts the Monday after Anthro Expo. So in a way, I kind of bit off more than I could have chewed anyway. If I'd gone to FC, then the following weekend, I would have gone to Anthro Expo and then started a new job that Monday. <laughs> that would have been kind of a lot. So we'll see if I and still go to Anthro Expo or not. But that's what's going on in our lives right now. You know, great, grateful for my family. I'll be glad when Dog is back and COVID-free. He seems to be recovering well. He got a sinus infection at the same time. <laughs> that's no so, fun. Yeah. I'm really glad he didn't get the flu-rona which is a new term that I picked up in the last week. Apparently it's a combination of flu 
and coronavirus. It's been, uh, I, I'd read that a couple cases have popped up in California. Um, and I'm sure it's popped up in other places too, but I mean, can you imagine that combo? That's, that's gonna suck. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you get, you're getting all the coronaviruses going on here. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've had a couple, my, my locals that I do meets with, they've gotten sick. They've gotten COVID. Like I, I didn't go like, I've been obviously kind of curtailing going to my weekly meet. Uh Uh-huh. But this last Sunday, some people were still going to get together, and when they finally did get there, they found the place closed because all their staff had gotten sick. Right. Um, yeah. So it's like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's getting serious. Um, and, like, man, it's so fucking weird that we're kind of back at square one in many ways. Like, obviously, the the vaccines still work. Um, like, the, the thread that Chiefs have been putting out that like fuzz has been retweeting from the podcast account like are are hopeful in many ways and so like that's good but still it's like time's a flat fucking circle you know we're back making bread again we're fucking there's a cruise ship off the coast of california that's got a covid outbreak on it you know it's like oh god we're back in 20 we're back in early 2020 again how do we time loop you know i didn't get sent back in time and get to hang out with a character and his boyfriend I shouldn't name because it's a Final Fantasy 14 spoiler people might get mad about um oh. you know it's like <laughs> oh man um so yeah we should probably wrap this up though because we are probably nearing an hour and a half um it's also nine o'clock and you know us gray muzzles we're old and tired and gotta go to bed take our metamucil um yeah. <laughs> but I certainly hope that your house continues to get better fuzz because that's scary and close to home and it's like oh shit i haven't seen my friends for a couple weeks and now i can't see them again for another couple weeks yeah Um, like so for the listeners at home like sabrin was sick for a couple weeks and then i was sick for a couple weeks and like neither of us had covid it was just shitty colds because it's the winter yeah and you know of course you over fucking worry around now because it's like his allergies, is it a cold, is it COVID, you know? And it's like, no, it was, it, it went away. It was just a fucking sinus thing or whatever. But you know, and then, uh, and then dog got sick, and now it's like, well, we got to lock down this fucking house for a month, basically. And uh, you know, not a whole month. So, <laughs> so it was like, like. Uh, by the way, he's actually quarantining in a, at a hotel. He didn't come home. So oh. like our. Our emergency rush. Well, I better see Savern on the one day I can see them because you know dog's not home yet. Like I, I guess we didn't really have to do that, but eh. it was good. I saw you anyway. You know, yeah, it, it was like nice to hang out and catch up. And I loaned you the copy of Perv. Yep, but like, yeah, no, I'm missing my friends. I'm missing my dog. Um, uh, the office is closed right now. Well, which is good. You know, I'm not complaining about that. But you know, yeah. we're uh, Tiered and I are both back to being in the house, working from home full time, and um, you know we were supposed to go back into the office in a couple of weeks, and I was like, "That's not going to happen. Omicron is not just going to be over in like three weeks, you know." But now our return to office has been put off indefinitely, so we'll see. You know, um, yeah, I really don't think it's safe to. Go. I really want us to stop doing this. Okay, everyone back in the office. 
oh no, case is spiked. Everyone go home again because this shit happened last year. You know, earlier in the year, they were like, eh, everyone go back to the office in like May. And then Delta happened and they were like, everyone go home again. And then they were like, okay, October, everyone come back into the office. And then Omicron just hit. And they were like, everyone go home again. I mean, Panther's job is basically said, fuck it, you just work from home constantly. You're just work from that's, home now. That's what all of our jobs need to fucking do. They need to just be like, until this shit is actually over, you know, if you want to work in the office after it's over, great. If you don't, you should just go to 100% remote and fuck it. Like, yeah, because... Rec- reclaim all these fucking buildings for homeless shelters, for cheap apartments, solve our housing problem, let people fucking work for a big company from the middle of rural Arkansas if they want to, you know? Like, we really need to, like, but just build up our internet infrastructure, let people work remotely, and just just get out of our old-ass, useless, busted-ass way of doing things. Like, it got to the point, though, that his company said, all right, well, we're going to shift to, I think they called it a hoteling cubicle thing or basically it's like right. you use whatever cubicles available when you come into the office because they're basically shifting away from having permanent office positions they want people right. they're basically like, look work from home if you need to come to the office you can kind of use whatever but don't have any personal shit here please yeah and honestly that's fine and i've heard of other jobs doing a similar thing but they will have like a locker room basically so if you you want to keep like your your work coffee cup or whatever you know or you want somewhere to store your your laptop bag your purse whatever you know yeah. while you're while you're working but yeah yeah we need to um, you know I, I keep seeing this tweet which I agree with where they're sort of like oh this you know this, the CDC has cut back the amount of time you have to isolate after COVID from ten days to five days and it's like because because America cannot handle someone not being at work for 10 days. So people have been putting out, hey, all we have to do is a general strike for nine days and the, you know, the whole fucking system will collapse and they'll have to give us everything we want. Right? Yeah. Oh, and also relating to uh, the FC thing earlier, Anthro Expo yeah. is also having similar issues and uh, has a supporting registration contribution thing on their website um oh they're having starting to have people drop i guess and it's like it it um, is only two weeks away so yeah it's january 21st 23rd in okc um so you know just yeah i'll retweet it and you can retweet it from the podcast account fuzz and i mean at least if you know the con doesn't turn out to be a huge deal i could at least maybe see the guys up there <laughs> a little bit i don't know man like yeah, if they're back um, well no they, they said they're gonna be back they're just gonna be doing well, their flagship store stuff that weekend they right. mentioned that's true yeah um and i was just kind of like yeah even if we go up there and they're not at the con because that's doubtful we could just like go get dinner with them after the con one night you know 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just retweeted that. Mm. All right. Well, so yeah. Support your cons. Support your cons because, by God, they need it right now. They're not getting any support from the state, so it's going to fall to the community to kind of make sure that we have these if we can ever fucking get past COVID. So, other than that, uh, if you do pick up the book, let us know. You can always write us in at the podcast at southpawscast at gmail.com. Um, you can hit us on Twitter at southpawscast. You can, uh, we have a Patreon where we post episodes early and in higher quality, and occasionally we do bonus episodes, though obviously with COVID, it's been a little hard to record bonus stuff where we watch stuff together. Who knew? Um, but it's like a tip jar for the podcast. Do you like us? Cool. Throw some money our way. We'll, we'll use it for sinful things, for sinful pleasures. Um, other than that, buy some books for planet.com, baddogbooks.com. What's the Argyle imprint page? Uh, Argyle Productions. Argyle Productions, like, Fuzz produces lots of books. Ursula won a, a Lodestone Award for one of, for Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking, right? Yes, it's basically the YA uh, version of Hugo. Yeah, that's a big so fucking deal. It, it's a big fucking deal. This happened at Worldcon. Uh, this puts, um, that book is up to five or six um, awards now. Uh, and they're all they're all pretty big deal, you know, like the Locust, the Nebula, the um, Mythio Poetic Award, the Lodestar. Like it's it's had a really good year. Um, so yeah, uh, we're really happy with with how that turned out. That is very cool. Yep. All right. So uh, you know, on that note, good night and support the cons.